We are so glad to have an old friend, Gary Horton, president of the NAACP, also president of the Urban Erie Community Development Corporation. So glad that you're here, Gary. Oh, so glad to be able to make it. Happy New Year to you, old friend, and uh, what a pleasure. Great day to be in Erie. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, finally got the, the cold snap out, and it's uh, it's nice and warm out, and I appreciate you taking the the, the trip out. And uh, we were remembering that we worked together uh, when I was doing a little cable TV show back in 1982, you know, with my college uh, friends. And, and you were making things happen um, behind the scenes. And, and uh, you know, just over the years, uh, uh, you know, it's just been it's been wonderful to see how you've really dedicated your life to uh, advancing this community. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. That was the beginning of cable television in yes, Erie. it was. So we're kind of dating ourselves. <laughs> yeah, you were, yeah. Yeah, and we were, we were forging ahead with that. So uh, talk. We, this is a family show, so we'd like to talk about origin stories. Uh, what was it like coming up? You, you know, you had uh, kind of famous parents, right? I mean. I, I had hardworking parents. Yes. And uh, they were very active in the community. And uh, as I look back now, they had some notoriety also in that. Mm-hmm. They were always uh, engaged in the community, always supportive of young people, and uh, always uh, involved in uh, social justice and e- equal uh, justice and education issues. And uh, and uh, having married young and having a large family, uh, my parents uh, grew up. Uh, we grew up with our my wow. parents more or less, and um, we were they were so engaged in our life, uh, and they provided us with so much opportunity um, through stressing discipline and education that uh, we didn't really realize how, how poor we were, uh, mm. and the fact that um, my father would be one of the last. Uh, hired and one of the first laid off uh, because of his vocation working in the construction industry and my mom having worked at a factory on West 11th Street um, that had the distinction of being uh, going on strike for four years Erie resistor Erie technological products and that and so we we were quite active and engaged in uh, and with the life of the community. And uh, so I, I was blessed looking back. We had uh, an icon in our neighborhood at that time in the name of Reverend Ernest Franklin Smith, who came to Erie in the 19, early 1930s. And when my father was a young kid who had, was born and raised in Erie, and my mom was a young girl that just moved up to Erie from the, from Laurel, Mississippi. Okay, and so you're part of the Laurel clan? The, no, I'm, my dad okay, was born and raised here. My okay. family was here from yeah. the early 1912, 1913. Okay. My mom came in the okay. 1930s. Okay. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, so that part of my family, yes. But my father's side of the family, uh, my grandfather was a blacksmith out in Cory. My mm-hmm. family came here, uh, as I said, they own pool hall, a, a hotel and things like that. And so my grandfather was an employee of the water department at the time. And he was a very fair skinned, slightly built uh, gentleman. And 
Um, I think at that time he may have been the only minority working for the water department at that time. And so I was raised up uh, in that kind of climate, uh, having been a Boy Scout, a Cub Scout, playing Little Gritters baseball, Little League football, going to vacation Bible school, singing in the church choir, doing all kinds of things like that. Uh, Again, at this neighborhood church uh, that Reverend Ernest Franklin Smith founded, kind of you know, gave us our foundation. And uh, even today, I run a center uh, with his name on it, the oh, wow. E.F. Smith Quality of Life Learning Center. Sure. And uh, so it's been a great run for me, um, I think. Uh, and I am very connected and very much uh, invested in Erie. So let's let's get your perspectives then. Mm-hmm. You know, what would you say this the state of African-Americans in Erie, if you can broadly, you know, from the 30,000 foot view you know, uh, well, I, I'd say um, there's been some progress. Um, there are more blacks today. Um, but if you look at uh, some of the demographics or um, temperature points, I will call them that yeah. um, progress in terms of getting public jobs, uh, whether it's in the at the school district or in city or county government. Uh, or in state government, or whether it's uh, being equitably reflected in the private sector, um, whether the, you look at the um, achievement gap and the level of poverty, uh, some of the things that have consistently or persistently um, anchored the aspirations and the hopes and dreams of people in color, one would say that uh, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at places like um, Erie Insurance, a Fortune 500 company in Erie, and the diversity in its workforce, uh, uh, the people that they've brought here from across the country, maybe around the world, that um, work in the operation of that business, um, they that's the brighter side of Erie, where you see um, minorities that are qualified and employed um, uh, to maybe reflective, uh, far greater than you see in other private sector industries. Uh, but if you look at the performance in the public schools, again, if you look at, um, the, um, hospitals or universities, uh, there's still a lot to, to be desired. And I think, um, Erie today, much like 1968 is a, tale of two cities mm. uh, we have one uh, doing very well and one doing not so well and um, uh, yet hopeful um, that uh, Erie can truly be uh, that shining city on the lake uh, where everyone uh, benefits and where a rising ship uh, does in fact Lift all boats. I mean, where a light rising yeah. uh, sea lifts all boats. Lift so, boat. yeah. When you look at opportunities, what what would you describe are are strong opportunities for people of color? Well, uh, one would think education, because of the rich education assets in our community Amen. and how important education is, and uh, the fact that almost sixty percent 
just in the public school system are minorities or people of, of new Americans or African-Americans or Latinos and that. And um, I think it, it is the, which points to the fact that Erie's diversity, I think, is it's uh, is one of its greatest assets. And so companies, whether they be public or private, uh, whether they be governmental or quasi-governmental uh, agencies, authorities and such, uh, if they would diversify in that, it would go a long way to providing opportunities targeted and intentional at the people who are on the bottom and not just people say, oh, we are trying to hire the most qualified people. And, you know, that hasn't been able to bridge the gaps mm -hmm. that have persisted far too long in our community. And I think in order for there to really be opportunities in Erie today, uh, looking at all the development that's going on, uh, hope all across the horizon for everyone, I think in order for the minority or the person of color to really walk across that bridge, the hand on the other side reaching out to him has to be intentional and it has to be targeted uh, or they're going to uh, we're going to uh, see case after case of uh, people who uh, just don't see the opportunity that that we have in our community today. We have a mayor who is not whispering to the minority groups. I'm going to fight racism and discrimination. He's saying it to the whole community and that, that he wants to fight racism and discrimination in our community, that he wants our community to be more inclusive. And if this mayor is willing to share his platform and give his voice uh, to that, then hopefully the business leaders and community leaders that uh, are all saying we're trying to pull together in the same direction to make Erie a good place, maybe they'll, you know, kind of follow the mayor's lead and uh, not just uh, hear him. Uh, but act on it. And so I'm hopeful um, with what I see. Uh, I don't think there's any magic wand to be right. waved to mm -hmm. achieve it. And I don't think it's just going to happen on its own. Now, we have to talk about that USA Today report because that really um, was a bit shocking. It You know, the, the piece last year, Erie being the worst city for African-Americans. You know, how did that resonate with you? What was your response and what do you think the obstacles are of holding folks back? And and what's the NAACP's part in all of that, Gary? I, I wasn't shocked. And I think most of your minority groups uh, community was not shocked because we've grown up in the shadow of the 1992 or 1990 census. They came out with the report, uh, Children Living in Poverty, where African-Americans and Latino-Americans, uh, we ranked Erie ranked first in the nation of those groups uh, living in poverty in this community. And if you look back, what was intentional? What was targeted to grow that or to uh, to eradicate that or to give hopes? We see today in a lot of cases, the children and the grandchildren of those children. And if they didn't have hope in 1992, uh, it's hard to put my finger on 
uh, movements locally or initiatives locally that seeded or nurtured any greater hope in them. So I think the most African-Americans, you know, they sat back and they listened to the debate and the discussion about the methodology that was used in the report and stuff like that. And that wasn't the <laughs> we don't want to be anywhere near that list. The, it, you know, the methodology wasn't the issue. It, we, we don't want we don't want right. that. All you had to do is look at the articles in the in the Times News over the last eight or 10 years or two decades. They've been pointing at how severely impoverished some of our neighborhoods and demographics are. Uh, they had just a year before or a year and a half before done a report. Uh, that showed in the public sector, the county government, the city government, and for the schools, that minorities are disproportionately hired in those positions. And if the government does not reflect the diversity of the community, they can ill afford to stand up to the private sector and challenge them to do better uh, when they can do better themselves. And so I think, uh, you know, enough discussion has gone on about uh, the validity of that or not. I say, let's put our shoulder to the wheel and let's get to, uh, you know, trying to pursue ideas and initiatives that uh, can take advantage of the movement and the growth going on in our community today. And let's seed it with some hope for the very people who lack it. Uh, the people who have it, in many cases, they can't understand why there are people walking around without hope. And uh, there, that's where the, the NAACP, the oldest civil rights organization in the world, found this branch in Erie, 101 years old this year, uh, shares the goal with the mayor that it is racism and discrimination and lack of inclusion that is hurting our community. And if we can if we can uh, improve in those areas, I believe that we'll plant and nurture seeds of hope in um, underrepresented groups where they can pick themselves up uh, by their own initiative and change their lives. I can't say pull themselves up by their own bootstraps because in many cases they don't they even don't have, have boots. They don't have the boots. <laughs> they don't have the boots <laughs> yes. and that. So, but uh, I see Erie as a, you know, when you look at our waterfront, we look at the downtown, we look at the energy that's, we see what's happening, the building on the college campuses and that. There's no reason why we can't do better in this city unless we uh, just don't have the willpower to do that. We're talking to Gary Horton. He's the president of the NAACP. And again, we could we could talk uh, all day about this stuff because it's so important. Let's talk about educational attainment. According to Erie Vital Signs, <clears throat> we have more people with just a high school diploma or less in Erie and Erie County than the state and nation. And that's with all populations. Now, when you consider that our most of our prominent leaders in our community graduated from Erie's public schools, they've taken the mantle of leadership and they're pushing our community forward. Are we are we modeling as well as we should? Are we telling the success stories of what you can do uh, through education? How do we improve educational attainment across the board? Yeah, I, I, I'm not I don't know how much of it is telling or not telling the story and that. But one thing for sure, uh, education costs a whole lot of money in Erie to be able to go from high school to the next level. Even if you're the smartest kid on the block, you can't afford to pay to go to the local college. And so some of them are giving out uh, scholarships today, but uh, they'll cover the academics. But for a poor kid, 
who he need in many cases needs to come out of his house, out of his neighborhood and live on the college campus. And they're not giving scholarships in that area. We're not changing their environment where we could. And that the hope is in them. It just has to be uh, the light has to be shit shine on it, no matter whether they're uh, poor, white, poor, new American, poor, African-American, Latino. And that I believe all kids can learn. Uh, so I, I believe we need transformational grants uh, like the Erie Community Foundation to hire 50 uh, diverse teachers or teachers of color, 50 and five. And that we could train some of our own kids and that that are graduated from high school this year. And that would a promise for a job if they'll go through the four years of college, even local college uh, and uh, get earn their teaching certification so that they can come into our schools and teach one minority teacher uh, increases by almost 29, 30% the uh, opportunity for minority kids to graduate. And these are the kids who are traditionally at the bottom. It's not a one-year problem or a two-year problem or a three-year problem. In our community, it's been a, a, a you know, a, a almost like a 50-year problem if you look back to 1968 and, and 69. And so I believe the, the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the, the money is here. I believe that the intelligence is here. I don't know if the willpower is here and that to hone does in. Does that on have the to come from leadership here. or, uh, it, you know, where, where does where does that narrative change the, for the willpower? It, it, it has to come from the haves, the people who have it and that even sharing hope. And that I, I've asked uh, business leaders in the community, what if their kid didn't have hope? And they, they almost buckle their knees and that it's something they can't even imagine. And that the people in their circle not having any hope and that in to a large degree, that is the problem or the challenge of the of the people who are poor and that they've long ago lost hope and that 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 education would benefit them. And that, uh, I mean, look at the wealthiest country in the world. We've got people, you know, not struggling to have a home to live in, struggling for health care. You know, uh, where do I send my kid to school? You know, these things you can't do yeah, a minimum wage, you know, and, and all in the shadow of enormous wealth uh, in this country. And so I think the people who have have got to invest something. They've got to have a softer heart to invest in seeding hope in the people who don't uh, have it today. And I think the return on that, it's the one thing I think we don't try. Every 10 years, the United Way comes out with a new initiative and they convince everybody in the community, OK, everybody, we're going in, in this direction now. But after 40 or 50 years, you can see uh, all that direction change. We're still in the same same boat. And that the definition of insanity, I was thought, is to keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again the same way and expect a different result. And so I'm one. I believe in incentives. I believe in community benefit agreements. I believe those that have, uh, you know, uh, like uh, in my faith, it says he who has given much, much is required. Yeah. You know, and that it's I just more than just Spider-Man. <laughs> it's it's Jesus. Right? Amen. Amen. Hey, I've got I'm down to three minutes. I need okay. to know. I need to know what's going on with your new investment with the Urban Community Development Corp over at Savacchio Business Park. You you guys are taking it over, right? Uh, it, it's uh, when you say you guys, you must understand 
it's the it's a group of of native uh, Erieites who are born and raised yeah. African Americans. Uh, the director of the Martin Luther King Center, James Sherrard, the director of the Booker T. Washington Center, uh, Chantel Hilliard, and myself have formed the Minority Community Investment uh, Coalition, and we received a transformational grant from the Erie Community Foundation, which seeded our ability to gain ownership of that property through the Eastside Grassroots Strategy Coalition, an organization that was formed by uh, Sister Michelle Shrek from the House of Mercy and myself covering both sides of Buffalo Road, uh, following the steps and the, the, the pattern of Bayfront Eastside Task Force and West Bayfront and the Sisters of St. Joe's, we put it together. Uh, I did uh, all the work that they said you have to do and that, 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 that seeded and nurture hope in the citizens and the neighbors and our and our community to the point that we convinced the Erie Community Foundation that Joyce Sabacchio Park is an asset in our neighborhood that we can we believe can provide job training and jobs and uh, opportunities for the people in our community that it was meant to yeah. uh, 20 years ago when we spent public money cleaning it up putting the infrastructure in there and the amazing thing about it to me is for 15 or 20 years the community Community is watching it sit there and and have reaped no benefit to the people who live there and uh, and our attempt to gain control of it. Now they want to know in fifteen seconds what are you going to do in fifteen weeks? <laughs> right. What are you going to do? Let's, yeah. let's let you make a plan, right? I mean, yeah. you know, well, well, the faith people we are. Before we possess that land, we want to go there and pray. We want to thank God for providing mm-hmm. us the opportunity. And we want to ask God to bless the land before we go out talking about what does Gary Horton want to do with it. Last question, and yes, down to a minute. Do you have any advice to our listeners on how to be more inclusive and be a better neighbor for the entire community? Well, I think uh, where there's a will, there's a way. You've got to make up your mind. And I don't care what your faith is. And that it has a good book, whatever your faith is, it has a good book and embedded in it. It, it talks, it ought to, however it describes it, it tells you number one, to love the God that you, that you praise and you, you know, and that you recognize and then say, love your neighbor as you do your own self. And if you can do those things, then you, God will show you how to do what is right. All of us have biases. You know, and our and uh, or favoritism or whatever in that we've got to fight to overcome them in this community in order for our community to grow. We're glad to welcome here uh, Nikan Astari Carpenter and Michael Outlaw from the city of Erie. They're in the mayor's cabinet. Uh, Nikan is the um, uh, city of Erie refugee and immigrant liaison, and Michael is a city of Erie community liaison. So welcome so much to you both for being on TalkErie.com. Thank you, Jill. Thank you for having us this evening. We appreciate it so much, uh, and we'll, we're going to get right to it. We like, uh, this is a family show. We like to get origin stories, and so, uh, Nick and you go, uh, how did you get to Erie? Did you grow up here? Uh, how, did, how did you make your way here? Well, uh, I came here in 2011. Okay, not uh, that long ago. Not that long ago, yes. I got married to Alan Carpenter, as you said. Uh, you know, he's a radio personnel, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got married in 2010. And then uh, after the long spousal visa process, a year later, I was able to move here. And here I am. What's your, what's your uh, country of origin? I'm originally from Indonesia. Okay. 
Neat, neat. Well, uh, exciting to hear that story. And Michael, did you grow up here, or how did you make your way here? Originally, um, I was born in Mississippi. Okay. Macon, Mississippi, Knoxby County. And my parents moved to Erie, I want to say 1976. So I've been a part of Erie since 1976. Terrific. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, that's, that's, it's neat because you found your place, you found your way to Erie, and, and you've been able to thrive here. All right, so let's, let's, uh, let's ask both of you. Uh, this question, what is the state of minorities in Erie? As you see it, Nikan, you know, how are minorities doing in Erie? Uh, which minority are we talking no, about? And, and overall, you know, I mean, as you see it, maybe new Americans in your perspective? Well, uh, you know, the, the new Americans, we have the refugee and we have the immigrant. And uh, as for the uh, refugee-wise, we have like about uh, 16 to 18 percent of the city population. Uh, and immigrant-wise, you know, I don't really have the count of it as mm-hmm. my position itself is the first newly created, the first ever created in the city. We never had it before. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on gathering data, you know, like... Uh, for the last year, I have asked the U.S. Federal Courthouse to give me the data about how many U.S. citizens uh, that got their uh, citizenship in Erie. And uh, the data by, f- by far for last year is almost, uh, not f- not last year, like for the past five years, it's like uh, above 2,000 within five years. 2,000 in the last five years. That's, that's the refugee and immigrant who got naturalized to be U.S. Okay. citizen for the past five years. Yeah, you know, the mayor, when he was on uh, on our very first full show, was saying that he goes to the uh, the the swearing in ceremonies, and there's always like 50 people there because it's like 500 a year, and so it's amazing to to think that that many folks are finding their way to Erie, Pennsylvania, of all the different locations they could find. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, how how about you, Michael? Mm-hmm. What what do you think the the state of minorities are uh, here in Erie? How how are people doing? Well, um, I think that's a loaded question um, when we say the state of minorities, because there's so many different sure. um, parameters to minorities. Are we talking about um, the economic status of African-Americans? Are we talking about the housing market? Are we talking about um, health? Right. So, um, again, so let's just my focus right now would be on the um, economic or the financial status of African-Americans in the city of Erie. And I want to take a different, um, a different twist on the question, right? So I am of the mindset that in order for um, African-Americans to sustain ourselves in city, we have to focus on our um, finances or, or our, or our um, you know, just, we have to we have to be more philanthropist minded. Okay. Right? When it comes to African Americans in the community in City of Erie. We have to begin to control the you know, the black dollars within the city of Erie. We have to begin to um look to the clergy, the African American pre- preachers in the city of Erie and begin to see if we can come under one umbrella and control again the black dollar because if we don't control the capital Within our community, um, the struggles that we face, we're going to continue to face these struggles. So, again, 
pertinent question, but I just want to kind of put a little twist on it. I appreciate that, yeah. Again, it's one of those, uh, you know, we, we ask the same question of, of every, uh, every topic that we're doing because we're kind of flying in at a 30,000 foot view, right? right? And so, yeah, it's, it's super important. I, I, I want to ask both of you about the mayor's mission statement because it is build opportunity, restore hope, and transform Erie. Now, how do you feel that's been working for people of Keller or, or new Americans, uh, either one of you? Well, as you said, Joel, like uh, the mayor told you about uh, the citizenship ceremony that he's been yeah. attending since February last year. Well, since 2011, since I moved here, I never seen anybody from the city of Erie coming to the uh, citizenship ceremony and welcoming this new citizen. And this is something new that the mayor is trying to do. Um, but as maybe not many people know about this, but to be a U.S. citizen, you have to stay here in this area in, in the United States for a certain amount of periods. You know, some can get, uh, some are eligible to apply for citizenship after three and a half years. Some have to wait until five years. So they've been here for a while. So they're already part of this community. So it means a lot for these people to have somebody from the mayor's office, the mayor himself, welcoming them to come to the uh, uh, U.S. citizenship ceremony. In fact, this is actually the mayor vision, you know. Uh, the mayor vision is like the Erie is community of choice. And this is the pen that the mayor uh, hand out. If you that's a that. new one. Oh, this I is a cool. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's a lighted <laughs> pen. It said that we celebrate our rich diversity, welcoming vibrant neighborhood, a world-class downtown and Bayfront, uh, school of excellence, and abundant family-sustaining jobs. And um, that's part of the mayor vision. And in my, in my capacity as the liaison to refugee and immigrant, part of my work is trying to get Erie to be a certified welcoming city. Oh, that's an actual designation. Okay. Yes, yes. And that would inf include, you know, like uh, uh, we have to fulfill a standard and requirement uh, in a government leadership, equitable access, civic engagement, education, economic development, and safe communities. We're talking to Nikan Carpenter and Michael Outlaw. They're on the mayor's cabinet for the city of Erie. Um, Michael, what's your take on how the mayor's... Um, uh, mission, you know, building opportunity, restoring hope, mm -hmm. transforming Erie. How has that been working so far? I mean, again, we're we're only a year into it, right. but uh, he's made some strides, hasn't he? Yes. Um, with regards to um, restoring hope, um, Mayor Joe Schimber has been deliberate and strategic in appointing people within the executive branch of the government in Erie. Um, individuals like Nick and myself, Andy, Aaron, um, Kathy, and Renee. Um, traditionally, the landscape of government has been controlled by white men, predominantly white men. And um, so for the mayor to come into you know his first term in office and begin to empower people of color, um, millennials, Females, you know, in position of authority in, in in Erie, that right there is a sign that hope has been restored. Um, 
And it, it, it can lead to and it will lead to the um, transforming of Erie. Um, we have some things in place that we're working towards. And we are we are definitely looking forward to seeing these things unfold in the near future. And in regards to building opportunity, um, hence uh, the People's Supper, right, which mm. is an initiative that we are working on right now. We've gathered at least 80 individuals across seven cultural areas within the city of Erie for ethnic groups. And that conversation is going to um Give us a roadmap or the blueprint to um, make sure that we are restoring hope, building opportunity, and transforming the area. Can you explain what the People's Supper is? Because it, it is it is it first off is it closed off now or or can people get involved yet? It is currently um, closed off now. Okay, but people can. Uh, and the mayor alluded to this at his last press conference. He uh, people can email me at moutlaw at erie. Dot PA dot US. If they want to be a part of the community-wide celebration, which is uh, June 17th. Um, so the People's Supper, in a nutshell, for the sake of time, it is it is designed for us to have those honest conversations, right, as a community. Um, conversation that, you know, what type of eerie do you want to live in? You know, like what type of eerie do you want your grandkids to live in and inherit, right? But in order for us to, you know, reach that platform, we have to have those honest conversations. We have to delve deeper to begin to speak about social injustice, um, the racial uh, racial healing, you know, within uh, particular pockets of, of our community. And we have to also look to the white allies within the community that has always been, a you know, who, who has always been a part of the fight for, for civil rights and social justice for people of color. So, again, the People's Supper is designed to um, identify ways we can bridge Erie forward, move Erie forward through, through conversation and policy. When you read that USA T- Today piece last year about uh, Erie being the worst city for African-Americans, right. what, how did that resonate with you? What, what, was, what was your response? My, my response was twofold, right? Um, and it, it goes back to what I said earlier about African-Americans within the city of Erie coming together and respecting the power of the black dollar, right? So originally my thought was, okay, um, I'm not surprised, right? Yeah. And then my next, my, my next thought was, okay, um, if it's that way, what will our proactive approach be versus being reactive, right? So how can we take a proactive approach to this report? Um, and I'm of the mindset that if we as a people begin to unite and stop all this infighting, if we can begin to buy up property, right? If, if we can begin to um, restore our own communities, our own neighborhoods by investing, right, in those communities and our neighborhoods, then we can we can begin to change the metrics that the report identified. But again, it's going to take some perseverance. It's going to take some setting our egos aside and begin to move forward as one collective voice to see what can happen when you know once we take that stand. So again, twofold. My first initial response was okay. What is the proactive response to it? And my second response was okay. Um, I'm not surprised. But where do we go from here? I think I think Michael did a great job because if you see online, we are no longer the worst city. Yes, yes. On that list, yes. Well, yeah, and we don't want, we we don't want that reputation. We don't want 
to be anywhere near that list, right? right but right. Uh, it obviously, because people were fighting back on the methodology. That's not the that's not the issue. It's it's a it's about what do we need to do as a community together to to raise everybody up, right? Correct, correct. But so let me just chime in real quick. As yeah. um, even though the recent article came out and Erie was not on on the list, we are not of the mindset that we have done anything uh, magnificent, right? There is a lot of work to be done, but I will say that with the mayor's leadership, Mayor Joe Chamber leadership in this administration, we are on that path to changing that narrative once and for all. Anytime you have a mayor, you know, who, you know, the, the mayor is privy to certain conversations that we are not privy to. And in, in those conversations, there are certain languages that he, you know, that he hears, right? amongst those conversations and for him to come out and make a statement like uh, to make a statement that says we're going to end racism in Erie and bigotry um, that that should send shockwaves throughout the entire county and region that this is the real deal, you know, uh, that we have an office in Erie right now. That's that's tremendous. The um, to, to you know, I know that everybody seems to be on the same page mm-hmm. as far as Erie refocused. But uh, in that in that uh, plan, there's probably gentrification inherent that will make Erie more expensive and maybe, uh, you know, uh, be more exclusive for minorities. Can can you respond to how we use Erie Refocus to lift everybody up? Well, uh, last summer, the Erie planning director uh, did what they call what we call a summer of hope, right? So we knock on doors on the east side before neighborhood uh, during the summer, uh, and it, every day all the mayor and the staff going door to door asking people what do they need uh, in their neighborhood. There are like about fourteen uh, questions, if I'm not mistaken, and we found out that uh, there are. 11 different languages are being spoken in that area wow. other than English. So I said to uh, the planning director, would it be possible to write down the language that they speak if they don't speak English? And then I'll gather translator to come and ask during the weekend. So that's what we did. We try our best to gather information, not only from the English-speaking families, but also the non-English-speaking families about what they need in their neighborhood so that we know, uh, you know, their, their concern, their need, and things like that. And it is very, uh, how would I say it? I, I'm thrilled, and I'm also like you know, it, it's surprising that some people, uh, especially this new American, when I knock on doors, uh, they're like, uh, "You're from the government. What are you trying to do here?" You know, I'm like, from the government, and I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, help. Yeah, yeah. What, what are you trying I'm here to, to help. do? Yeah. I mean, we 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 take that lightly, but yeah. they some of one of the one of the women that we uh, visited. She almost passed out because oh just my. just knowing that somebody from the government knock on doors because in yeah. her home country, when a government a body coming on their door, either their family disappear or something bad's happening. There is just government is equal to bad news, but we just explain to them that we are here to know what you need, and they're like really. Yeah, I want to know what do you like in your neighborhood? Do you like gardening? Or do you what do you need? Do you need a street light and things like that? You know, that that is that. I mean, talk about being culturally relevant. That that is amazing to think 
hey, in some cultures, if you come to the door, it's nothing but trouble, isn't it? If the government comes to the door. Um, what, if, Michael, how about you weigh in on, on this gentrification idea that, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, uh, what, what Charles Buki was telling us through Erie Refocus that we have to find a floor to our housing values. Okay. How does that work with, um, you know, you know, making sure people can retain in their neighborhoods? Well, honestly, I really don't know a whole lot about, um, you know, the language of gentrification. Yeah. So to play it safe, I will not, um, you know, speak on it. But I do know that Erie Focus, it is an all-inclusive approach Right for the entire community, those who have felt as though there have been, um, they've been dis, you know, disfranchised, disenfranchised from the larger movements, you know, that that happens in city government. So, um, in regards to every focus, again, it's a great plan, and it's 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 engaging the entire community. Again, the community that that once didn't have a voice, now they're given a voice. We have Nikan Astari Carpenter and Michael Outlaw. They're both a part of uh, Mayor Schember's cabinet from the city of Erie. Both of you on the fifth floor, right? I yes. mean, uh, so yeah. I mean, this Correct. is this is uh, this is a very uh, cool uh, interview to have because uh, we are able to kind of tap in on uh, what the what the new thinking is mm. at City Hall and what the new uh, direction our whole community is going in being more inclusive and restoring hope. Right. And, and, I, and I'm excited about that. Uh, and Nikan, I want to ask you uh, just kind of a fundamental question. Why is Erie so popular or uh, such a great destination for refugees and new Americans? Oh, that, uh, I think Erie is beautiful, right? Uh, a lot of people um, who does not know Erie or even have this like dreary Erie kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah. But when I move here, I see this, oh my God, beautiful press isle, beautiful Lake Erie, which is the lake going through the Niagara rivers and become Niagara Falls. Like that's what I knew from Indonesia, uh, this beautiful, this awesome Niagara Falls. But why Erie is good for refugee and immigrant? First of all, it's easy to get around here, right? Uh, in my home country, where I'm from, I'm from Jakarta, Indonesia. If you want to go somewhere to work, you have to at least be ready two or three hours before you're wow. going to get big stuck. Big city. Big cities. Yeah, yeah. You're going to stuck in a traffic jam. And then, um, you know, the, the living cost is pretty affordable in Erie, right? And then most of all, what I found Erie after traveling across America, I think Erie has the most friendly people. You know, people are welcoming here, you know, and then people care to each other. Um, like, like you don't know anybody, you don't know these people, you just uh, walk across on the street and say, hey, hello, how are you? You know, like. Huh? Oh my God! I don't know how. You know, you, you know, like the the first time I moved here, I was like, "Oh, should I say hello too?" Because I'm from big city, you know. Right. Yeah, uh, that uh, and I I think the community itself, yeah. uh, like they they're willing to go above and beyond to help others. Like you know, a lot of people uh, would would come to me. Hey, this is this is the first time I moved here. Like I didn't have a car yet. People mm. would ask me, "Do you need do you need help to go grocery shopping? You know, do you, do you need 
help to improve your English, you know, uh, either speaking or writing or things like that. People come and just offer help. And this is what I like. Huh, I see why people like, you know, why this is a good place for refugee and immigrant. Nikan, she is the City of Erie Refugee and Immigrant Liaison, and Michael is the City of Erie Community Liaison. They're part of the, the, the Mayor Joe Schember's cabinet, and they're here to talk about uh, the state of minorities, and we're talking about, uh, you know, all the different kind of angles of understanding of, of how our neighbors are faring in our community and, and the different, the different uh, outreaches and the different ways that people are, ab- are able to come up as we lift up each other and lift up our community together. I uh, wanna go to you, Michael. Let's talk about um, uh, you know, Unified Erie. Uh, they were sure. here and we, they pointed out um, you know, the, the, that uh, the Erie Police Department's been doing um, you know, a lot of outreach is part of the violence prevention strategy. Right. So how do you feel the relations, the state of relations of law enforcement and people of color are in our city and, and county? I think the relationship between um, the African-American community and law enforcement in Erie, it's getting better. Um, we've made some strides due to the um, Strengthening Police and Community Partnership Initiative, all right, um, SPCP for short. And, uh, you know, that conversation, those conversations that we have, um, it gets down to the nitty gritty, right? Those conversations where we address the elephant in the room, you know, we talk about um, being judged by the way you, you know, by the clothes that you wear, right? If you have an urban attire on and you in a certain neighborhood, the the automatic bias that kicks in when an officer sees a kid on the corner, you know, and then, you know, from law enforcement side, um, them feeling as though, um, the entire community is out to get them, right? Wow. So, but again, having those conversations and breaking down those barriers, we, we were able to um, identify that that's, that narrative on both sides of the, of the equator isn't true, right? Right. You have, you have good kids who goes to Collegiate Academy, like my son, honor student, JROTC, but he wears urban gear, right? He wears the Timberlands, the hoodies, and the, you know, the, the baggy jeans. And then we have officers, you know, within the community that has a heart of gold, Right. And I mean, men and women who are really, truly invested in changing that cultural bias within the community and working hard and, um, and and not shying away from the challenges that that imposes upon them or on both sides. So SPCP, we're, we're working towards um, identifying um, education awareness um, on both sides. We uh, recently um uh, completed Dr. Baker's diversity training. Yeah, right? Paris Baker. Yeah. Yes, Paris Baker, right. So the the Department of Justice final report for SPCP identified like seven issues. Education, cultural awareness was one of the top issues. So we've tucked that report and use it as our blueprint to work towards those 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 markers to make sure that we're moving a needle on you know on those conversations. So having that cultural awareness, um, being aware of our differences, like how does that make us better together? And having a training in place that the training was impeccable. The the, the training um taught us and showed us that some things that are so simple and common we overlook and take for granted, wow. right? So we are, we are so quick to just identify the exterior of something without taking off the cap and then looking inside, oh, 
Right. So again, the training forced us to look deeper than what we what we what we've been accustomed to doing. And we're also go we're also in the talks with um Bill Hale from Mercer's University. Um there's this shoot don't shoot simulation that the entire council is, is going to be a part of because what does it it puts the community members in the shoes of law enforcement in those critical incidents right and and how fast things can change and happen so again education is key um to all that we do you know for SPCP council to make sure that we are on the pulse of moving the city forward so this is kind of a data driven uh, thing that uh, best practices or best practices. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, that's beautiful to hear that that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question for you, the uh, uh, Nikan. You know, there's a narrative that's out there that there, you know, that is, and it's a tired one, mind you, but that there's no jobs here. And you know, some people say that that immigrants are holding down wages. You know, that that you know that they're taking jobs, but of course, with the tiring, the tightening of the labor market, that's not really. Uh, a, a real narrative, but what's your response to this idea that you know to some that uh, that that jobs are are not as plentiful and and there it's a it's a problem that with uh, with immigrants. I don't know, you know, like uh, in 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 for refugee, right? Yeah. If you go to uh, international institute, Catholic charity, or MCRC. They're helping their clients to find a job, right? Uh, and right now, most of them got a job. In fact, the uh, company owners come to them and ask, hey, is there any refugee who can work in my company? Because they have a good working ethic, you know? Uh, and, 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 and right now, among the community itself, uh, they're calling their family members you should come back to Erie uh-huh. because there's more job here, you know. And so second migration is happening right now. I, I never knew that. So 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 folks that have landed here maybe have gone away to another part of the country mm-hmm. are maybe coming back. And and it's critical that this is all happening because the, the number one metric that we need to lift mm-hmm. is our population. Is it not? Yes. Yes, that's true. And, uh, you know, like speaking about a job in the refugee and immigrant community, again, just like Michael said, is varied, you know, like we, we, uh, you know, people always see, oh, you're coming from third world country, which means you're, you don't speak English that well, you're not educated and all the bad things, right? Right. So um, they probably haven't seen the doctorship, UPMC, or St. Vincent, or the, uh, you know, or, or the uh, engineer at GE or Lord Company, or the professor at all these universities in Erie. The IT person the at the Erie IT Insurance. Person, yeah. or even yeah. the mayor's assistant, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Well played, well played. That is awesome. Hey, I have one last question for you both in... Uh, just kind of like a, to send you off. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any advice to our listeners in how to be more inclusive and to be better neighbors to our entire community? Michael, I'll have you go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, my advice would be this. And, I, you know, as I'm driving up here, I'm thinking of something impactful to say, right? Some takeaway, right? So and here's, here's, here's my advice. We are living in a political climate that has... Um, 
really caused everyone to kind of like be up in arms, right? And I think my advice would be to anyone is be the change that you want to see, right? Be the change that you want to see. If you have friends and they are comfortable with saying certain terminologies in front of you, challenge your friends. But first challenge yourself to challenge them, you know, by using that language. Um, because if we aren't honest with our, with ourselves, if we aren't embracing our own personal challenges, we will never move anything forward. So my again, my advice would be be the change that you want to see. If you if you're tired of uh, racism, then address it. Right. If you're tired of uh, um, explicit biases, address it. If you really want to see change, be a part of the solution versus being a part of the problem. And it takes courage. Right. It takes it, it takes bravery. You know, there's going to be some uh, some sleepless nights. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, one must hold true to their convictions. So, again, in closing, um, just be the change that you want to see. Nick, and you you're the same question. What advice to listeners how to be more inclusive, to be a better neighbor to our entire community? I think uh, from my own experience is interpersonal relationship would be the best way. You know, if I don't know Michael, you know, I, would, I wouldn't love him. If I don't know you or you don't know me, you wouldn't love me. Right. So I think getting to know each other and that is probably, you know, why people's supper is very important here. Um, so build that relationship, get to know your neighbor. Uh, you know, you probably if you never say hi, start to say hi and smile. Uh, say, how are you? How are you doing? You know, I think from that simple thing, I have I have built that relationship with my neighbors since I moved here and one of them became like one of my best, my good, my best friends in Erie because of that, you know, and, and they're definitely, uh, you know, like people coming from different race, religion and ethnicity. So, so be, yeah, be the change, uh, engage in relationships. And I thank you both so much for coming on the Joel Natale show. Uh, and, and as we kind of try to lift everybody and be inclusive mm -hmm. to everyone, because we are like the mayor always says, I, I hear every time mm -hmm. he says we are stronger together. We are stronger together. And, it, and it's certainly super true. Um, uh, again, we, we had uh, Anikin Astari Carpenter. She is the uh, city of Erie refugee and immigrant liaison. And Michael Outlaw, the City of Erie Community Liaison. Thank you guys so much for uh, helping us understand and uh, grow together. We've had an amazing conversation uh, together uh, uh, as we talked about the, uh, the state of minorities. And uh, our, our guests are, are here. And, and Shane, uh, um, uh, I'm just excited to, uh, to, to be able to chat with... Uh, uh, Gary Horton, who is the president of the NAACP, and we also had uh, Nikan Astari Carpenter and Michael Outlaw from the city of Erie. And so we're going to be able to play some cuts here in a little bit. Um, but um, I do want to remind folks that uh, there's a, you still have the chance to win some RV tickets today if you like our Facebook page. In about uh, half an hour, I'll be pulling a name from, excuse me, all of the Facebook likes. And so... Uh, we want you to do that, and we hope that you'll get in touch with our uh, News Digest. Another one came out this morning, 
And every week on Monday morning, we send out a kind of an encapsulation, a digest of our original reporting and some of the main uh, uh, reporting that we do uh, in in the community here. And so we we want you to be able to listen. And, and I tell you what, that's going to be the way that you can win because we give away uh, uh, either Bayhawks tickets or other tickets every every week with that. So I'm going to pick another winner from our uh, our. Uh, subscribers to that in in a little bit so yeah uh, as as the folks were were leaving they were saying you know there are so many different um you know so many different more conversations that we can have over these subjects you know uh, over mutual understanding and lifting our narrative and so i'm looking forward to what we are going to be able to do uh, as we move forward uh, on the Joel Natale show, I hope that you'll you'll stick with us and uh, learn more about uh, your neighbor. I yeah again what what I was hearing uh, from Nikan just at the end there is you know as introduce yourself, build into relationships with your neighbors, and it it goes right back to some of the conversations that we've had with Andy Kerr and so on, and and also you know with with Brian Kelly about being a good neighbor and. And uh, and uh, the you know what that what those five churches were doing in the fall where they were talking about the art of neighboring you know just how important it is to kind of know who you are and know you who the people that surround you are and you know know a little bit more than just their name but know a little bit about where they're coming from and so yeah that, boy that that would make just just being a better neighbor would make our uh, community a much better place. And so, yeah, uh, I encourage you, you know, to kind of lean in, talk about these things that we talked about. And, uh, and uh, we, we will move forward in our community as we restore hope and, and build the community and, and uh, do the things that are so important in advancing our, uh, our community together. I'm Joel Natale. Stay tuned. More in a moment here on TalkEerie.com.